0: blessing it is to see you this Lord's Day. We certainly want to welcome all of you here today and we welcome all of our online family. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time. God is good to us, isn't he? He is faithful. Just smile at somebody and say, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. Go ahead and tell them that. Go ahead and tell them, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. Amen. It's good to be with you all. And how we honor the presence of the Lord, and we thank God so much for my dear friend, Pastor Lance, and his lovely wife, and all of the pastoral team here, and all of the people of God. Again, I am Parnell M. Lovelace Jr., I'm the founding pastor of Center of Praise Ministries there in Midtown Sacramento. And uh, I was blessed to plant that church 25 years ago and pastored that church for 25 years, and just recently, transitioned with a planned succession plan in which the Lord blessed us to receive a young man that I've mentored for three and a half years to be our new pastor. And uh, we're so thankful that Pastor Joseph Sesak and his lovely wife, Lady Victoria, are leading us now. And they just had their firstborn a week ago Monday. And so we are celebrating at the Center of Praise and so thankful. It's as though we're waiting for uh, the duchess and the prince to come out and lift the child up before us. You know, we're just all excited. So uh, young Judah, Joseph Seesac will make his debut with us on Easter Sunday. But meanwhile, I want you to know that they are praying for us and uh, lifting us up in prayer as we're sharing with you all here. It's a joy to be up here. Look at y'all. My goodness. God has some great things in store for us. Let's get ready to pray. And ask God's blessings as we go to his word. And let's ask him to pour into our hearts on this day. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so very much for this, your beloved and my dear ones that have gathered here. Thank you so very much for the joy of being connected in the spirit. Thank you always for allowing us to be ever so close and as near as our hearts towards one another. Thank you so very much. Would you pour through us now, give us clarity of thought, continuity of thinking, accuracy of the text, and help your servant to share in such a way that even a child would be able to understand and embrace the powerful truth that is given to us through scripture. We give you praise for this and all your many blessings in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Open your Bibles with me, if you will, please, to John chapter 12, John chapter 12. We're going to talk about praise. Praise. What it means when we give God praise. When praises go up. When praises go up. What happens when God's people, in a corporate fashion, give God praise? This is Palm Sunday, 2015. God has allowed us to come into this place in a communal fashion for the purpose of worshiping and blessing his name and exalting him and really encouraging one another. I believe that that's what God wants to do. He wants to lift our hearts. He wants to encourage us. On last evening, when I was sharing here, it was so powerful to see how God's presence was so manifested in this place meeting the needs of people, lifting the hearts of people. I just believe that God has something good in store for you, that something powerful needs to and wants to, and God's desire is that something powerful happens in our lives as a result of us coming into this place so that we not merely say that we've been to church, but in essence... We have had an encounter with a great and awesome and mighty God. Our learning objectives are as follows. Number one, let's review the account of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. This being, again, our time together on Palm Sunday, let's talk about the triumphal entry of Jesus, the time leading up until the last days of his earthly sojourn before he would go to the cross. There would be an event that would precede it called the triumphal entry. We'll talk about that. Number two, let's explore what it means to align our praise with expectation and revelation. Aligning our praise, the verbalization, the vocalization, of our praise, the demonstration of our praise with the expectation and the revelation that is given to us of Christ. Number three, let's identify the impact. Watch this. The impact of communal praise. The impact of when we all lift our voices together and give God praise. What happens Communal praise. Let me be more specific. I could have stayed in Sacramento, in my house, in my living room, on my lazy boy rocker, and could have praised God all by myself. I really could have. But the fact that I got in the car and came up here to Rockland, and got over here specifically to Bridgeway Christian Church, I believe that what I could have done privately, it is amplified by me coming together corporately. That when I add my thank you, Jesus, you add your hallelujah, you add your glory to God, you add your wonderful is his name. When we put it together, something happens. Something happens. The impact of communal praise. Number four. This is the part I'm really going to enjoy getting to. State stating why I praise God. Stating why we praise God. Can't wait to get there. That's that's the part where we're going to put the gravy on the rice. Where we state why we praise God, why I praise God, why we give God praise. Let's look at the passage in John 12, beginning at verse 12. Here begins the reading of God's word. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast. This would be the Passover. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees. And note here, they went out to meet Jesus and cried out, Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. And they were watching it. In fact, what John is saying is they were experiencing it They really didn't have a clue of what was going on. It would not be until later that they would reflect back on this account. Sometimes things can be happening before your very eyes and you not have a true understanding of what's going on. Anybody ever been there? And it's not till later When you go through a few more things, a few more days, a few more events, then you can reflect back and you can say, ah, it's like a light bulb goes off. Now I see why that had to happen. Now I see what was going on. It says here, his disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to Jesus. Verse 17. Therefore the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead, they bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees, there they go. They're always going to pop up, aren't they? Those Pharisees. The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, You see, that you are accomplishing nothing. These are the Pharisees, the religious leaders, talking to each other because they're plotting to destroy Jesus. They're plotting to kill Jesus. They're plotting, in essence, to take him out even before his time of crucifixion. But note here as they state to each other, we're accomplishing nothing. It's too late. Look, the world has already gone after him. The world has already gone After him, too much, too little, too late. Nothing we do can stop this now. Nothing we can do can change this course of action that is taking place. This account is referred to as the triumphal entry. Jesus going into Jerusalem. Jesus riding in before the people. The events that will lead up now. To a time in which he will sit with his disciples and he will break bread with them. And as he sits, he will speak to them and there will be one who will sit at the table who will betray him. And then after the betrayal, he will go out and he will sit within the garden of Gethsemane. And in a most challenging time, he would cry out to the father, if there's any way that this... This can be circumvented, that this can change. The course of this can go a different way. If there's a way that we can accomplish the mission without me having to go through this or to do this, out of his humanity, he begins to speak this out. And then he concludes, nevertheless, not my will, not what I want, but your perfect will be done. He makes that statement and it will lead itself now into him sacrificially giving his life. He dying a death that he himself was not the guilty party, but on behalf of all that have ever lived and all of those that are living now and all of those that will ever live, he sacrifices his life so that we might have eternal life. But aren't you glad that that's not how the story ends? That after the third day, he rises up from the grave and that's not even how it ends. The truth is, it's still continuing. He says, I'm coming up out of that grave, but it doesn't stop there. One day, I will come back again. I will come back again and receive my church unto myself. Is there anybody in this room besides about 10 of us that believe Jesus is coming again? I know that's not popular preaching. I know a lot of people aren't talking about it. You don't hear much about it until we go to a funeral. But I need you to know we don't have to wait to go to a funeral to talk about Jesus coming back again. Our hope right now is that Jesus Christ is going to keep his promise and he will return just like he said he would. Hallelujah. He's coming again. When we speak of the triumphal entry, the four synoptic gospels record the account all four gospels presented out to us. Please take note. Matthew, in chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, gives the account. Mark, in chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, gives the account, the story of the triumphal entry. Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40, gives information of the account. And then, of course, John, which we're reading now in John 12. All four men, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all four of them give us observation of one single account. And although they are distinct in their details, they have the same focus, the same commonality of presenting and and stressing the fact that something happened that day in which Jesus Christ, as he came into Jerusalem, the people gave God praise because the Messiah had come. They all join in on that. But they they all have their different spin on it. They all have their different observation of some of the clearer details as it relates to it. But it's all talking about the same account. All talking about the same Jesus. All talking about the same Jesus who is good. All talking about the same Jesus who has come and made his presentation. And yet each one says, let me give my testimony. Let me tell you what I saw. Mark says, let me tell you what I observed. Luke says, let me tell you how I saw it. John says, let me tell you what I observed and what he did. And collectively, we are blessed today to see one of the most beautiful and powerful expressions of God's love to us thrown, shown through his son, Jesus Christ. That's much like what happens when we give God praise. I have my testimony. You have my testimony, you have your testimony, you have your testimony, you have your testimony. I have my testimony, but we're all talking about the same Jesus. We're all talking about the same God. Someone over here, you will reflect that he is your healer. Someone over here will reflect that he is my savior and my deliverer. Someone over here will say he is the one who is provided for the resources that are needed for my home. Someone over here will say he is my peace giver. We all have our different observations of who he is, but all of us can say he is a good God. He is a faithful God. He is wonderful. All of us present that in our communal fashion. The crowd here, interesting enough, helps us to understand that the crowd is made up of three primary groups of people that have formed this massive crowd that welcomes Jesus into Jerusalem. The first group is a group that observed Lazarus being raised from the dead. They had showed up in Bethany to observe a funeral just a few days earlier before the triumphal entry. And interesting enough, we find these individuals had come for a funeral and Jesus raises this man from the dead. Can you imagine sitting there thinking that you're going to walk around and view the body and all of a sudden you see the one that you came to view walking around talking to you? (laughs) My God, if it happened up in here, you all would act like cartoon characters running through the wall. Interesting enough, Jesus raises this man from the dead. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus makes that statement. And a crowd has assembled. But now the religious leaders begin to turn against Jesus once again. And Jesus has to withdraw himself to a city along with his disciples to a city called Ephraim. He will stay there for a few days until the fire dies down a little bit. But then. What's interesting about it, he comes back to Bethany and he has a meal with Lazarus, Martha and Mary. And while he's there, there's a second crowd that assembles around the house. Because they want to see the man who just raised Lazarus just a few days earlier. And they also want to see Lazarus, whom himself had been raised from the dead. Can you imagine sitting there having your dinner and it's been all prepared? Mary and Martha have set the dinner out and everyone's sitting there. Jesus is sitting there and they look out and all of this people, all of this crowd is standing outside of the house. People are peering through the windows, looking at every move, trying to get a glance at this man who is the miracle worker, Jesus. That's the second group. This second group will also begin to build itself up. This second crowd will build itself up as Jesus withdraws himself from the house of Lazarus And he begins to leave Bethany and head to Jerusalem. And as he leaves Jerusalem, now this crowd that was with him when he raised Lazarus from the dead, the crowd now that has appeared around him at Bethany, maybe even some that have followed him from Ephraim, those who follow him along the road. There's a procession of people, a crowd of people that are going with him. And as he gets to Jerusalem, now you have a third group that is sitting there awaiting the arrival of Jesus. By the time Jesus gets to Jerusalem, there's a massive crowd of people that have arrived and they begin to sing out and they begin to declare Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the king of Israel. The crowd believes that this king, as he comes through, he will overthrow the government that is current. He will establish his kingdom immediately. And Jesus does something that flips the script. He does something that catches them off guard. Instead of coming in, riding in on a steed, coming in with this great big entourage of of security and all of these different things around him, Jesus comes in as a spirit or as a man who has a spirit of a servant. He comes in with humility. My God, we need more men and women of God who would carry themselves with humility and not think that they're all that in a bag of chips. (laughs) Wouldn't it be something if God would cause us to understand that when you know who you are in Christ, it does not mean that you become arrogant and get the big head, but rather it humbles you. It makes you grateful. Jesus comes in. On a donkey, and the people begin to sing out praise and honor to the Messiah. The song that they sing is found in Psalm 118, verse 25 and 29. It is a song that has been sung before. It's not the first time that this song has been declared. When they say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, it is derived from Psalm 118 and verse 25 that is sung customarily every time a pilgrim goes to Passover. Every time the people gather for Passover, they begin to remember, they pull open the hymn book and begin to sing this song out loud. By this time, those who have done this over and over and over and over again, they have memorized the song. And the song begins to declare their hope that one day the Messiah would come. One day, the one who is able to heal diseases, the one who is able to speak peace to confusion, the one who is able to give joy to the broken, one day he will enter in and he will come. And this will be the song that we will declare. They begin to sing Psalm 118. But this particular day that is recorded to us here by John, this day they sing it in a different fashion. They sing it by personifying what it is that they have recited for years and decades. This time the song takes on a different meaning. Let me be real clear with you how this works. Have you ever found... That there are times you can look at lyrics of a song just as we saw a moment ago as we were praising God and worshiping God. We can look on the screen and we can recite the lyrics and we can sing the song and sing the lyrics as the worship leader is leading us. But how many have found that there's something different when you can look at the lyrics of a song and not just mouth the words. But you begin to personify. You begin to connect. Your heart resonates with what is being placed on the screen. In other words, you don't just say what you see, but you speak out of your heart because that song, some type of way, has connected to your experience. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, when, When you sing a song that's not just the lyrics, but it's a part of your heart, It comes out a different way. You sing it with joy. You sing it with connection. Here's here's how we say it back home. I'm going to act like I'm back home, all right? I'm going to act just like I'm back home. Here's how we say it. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank. God for saving me. When I was growing up in the church, I can remember the saints of God would make that their testimony. We'd be getting out of the car in the parking lot. And we had back in the day, we had what we call testimony service. Whenever we got ready to begin a service, we would always come together and the church would have people give testimonies. And what would happen? We'd be waiting for the preacher to come in. We'd be waiting for the choir to come in. We'd be waiting to begin the main part of the service. But it always started with testimony service and people would stand up in the audience, and we didn't have mics like we have today. We would just have to say whatever we needed to say. We had to say it real loud and real clear. So the older saints would start it out. They would stand up and they say, First, give an honor to God, to all of the saints, to the pastor, and they had to give honor to everybody. I mean, by the time they gave honor, we gave honor to the cat, the dog, the rat. I mean, we gave honor <laughs> to everybody. And we give honor to God. And then they would start out and they would say, When I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all that he's done for me, my soul, and then we wouldn't just say it, we had to do a little dance. (laughs) My soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. We understood that we weren't just stating words that were placed before us. That was an actual song. But we would recite it and state it because it connected with our spirit. Can I challenge you today, Bridgeway family, that when we come together, we're not here just to be entertained. We're not here just to observe what's going on. We're here to participate and not be a mere spectator. We are here to add our praise collectively and corporately. And you take what God has done for you. And you back there take what God has done for you. And you over there, you take what God has done for you. And let's open our mouths together. And let's declare that there's no God like our God. Our God is an awesome God. He rules from heaven heaven above with wisdom power and love our God is an awesome God come on tap somebody on the shoulder and say he's been good to me come on you didn't say it like you really meant it yet some of you were too cute with that he's been good to me I want you to look at somebody and say he's been good to me when praise and worship is going on in this place We come here to do business. We come here. Listen, we come here to shake things up in here because somebody has walked into the room. They need to know that we're not just speaking a song, but we're singing a song that relates to God's redemption, his power, his healing and his joy. You have somebody who's coming to this place today whose marriage is falling apart. You have someone else who has gone to the doctor and the doctor has given them up and said that there's nothing else that they can do. You have someone else who has walked in this room and depression and anxiety and disillusionment has captivated their soul. You have someone here that is just about giving up on life. They don't believe that there's any hope. But in this place, when we come together and we make up our mind that we're not here to again have a fashion show. We're not here to check on each other's clothing. We're not here to look around and say, what kind of car did you drive? We're not here to talk about what neighborhood do you live in? We're not here to talk about what's the latest hairstyle. We are here to declare that although we've had a hell of a week, God has been faithful to us. He's kept his hand on us. He's kept his joy in us. He's kept his peace in us. We have come here to lift up the name of Jesus. My God. I might as well preach like I'm at home. Come on here, y'all. Y'all might as well just get with it. I'm gonna preach like I'm at home here. Hallelujah. My God, anything dead ought to be buried. Come on, talk to me. This is not the church of the frigidaire. Come on, y'all. We came here to have church this morning. And declare that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And his strength is our joy. Notice what they say in Psalm 118 verse 25. Save us. We beseech you, O Lord. Save us, O Lord. We beseech you. Give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God. And he has given us light. Bind the festal procession. With branches, with fig tree branches, or rather uh, a palm tree branches, up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Notice here, when he says this, he says, you are the object of my praise. Father, you are the object of my praise. Everything is centered around you. You are my God, and I will praise you. I will praise you. I will lift you up. I will extol you. And then he goes on to say, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And one version says his mercy endures forever. This version says his steadfast love endures forever. Would you tap somebody on the shoulder and say God will never stop loving you? Come on, tell them that. God will never (laughs) stop loving you. God will never stop loving you. Don't allow anything or anybody or don't even allow your own mind to make you to believe. That God does not love you. That God does not care for you. He does care. He does love you. I'm so glad that my praise this morning is not based upon how good I am. My praise today is not based upon I've had everything right. My praise today is based upon his goodness. The fact that he is faithful. Where I'm not faithful, he remains faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, I come to the realization there's no good that I can do of my own strength. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me of who I am in him. I need the Holy Spirit to help me to give God praise, even when I don't feel like giving Him praise. Have you ever felt like that? I don't feel like telling Him thank you. I don't feel like clapping my hand. I don't feel like raising my hand. But baby, it's not based upon how you feel. It's based upon when I think again of how good He has been to us. There's just something that declares His worthiness. There's something that pulls past my discomfort, that pulls past my fear, my disillusionment that says, even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to get my praise going on today. I'm not going to sit here and cross my legs and fold my arms and roll my eyes. Everyone that is in this room, you have met the prerequisite of being a praiser. The Bible says, let everything that have breath, let everything that have breath, if you're breathing today, you qualify to be a praiser. If you're breathing today, you have all that is necessary to be a praiser to the Most High God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Zechariah 9 and 9 it's interesting we find these words and it is brought out to us as it was written Jesus came in Listen, Jesus came in on a donkey. They thought that he was going to come a different fashion Can I tell you something about your praise and my praise? I find sometimes my praise and our praise I have to be careful not to align it with the circumstance Or align it with what my expectation is. I have to align it with the fact that God is faithful at all times. They thought that he would come in one way. But he came in on a donkey. But did you notice it didn't stop them from praising him. It didn't stop them from glorifying Jesus. There are some of you today that you're sitting here, you expected Jesus or God to do something a certain way in your life, and it's not happening the way that you thought that it would happen. But don't let that stop you from giving him praise. Don't make that, come on, don't lock yourself in and pull down the blinds and hang up the phone and disconnect from people and disconnect from the fellowship. Make up your mind, I will yet give God glory. I will yet give God praise. The word says in Zechariah 9 and 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Watch this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding in on a donkey. Can I tell you something on this morning? God may not be doing it the way you thought he would do it. He may not be using the people you thought that he would use to bring about what it is that you need from him. But I have good news for you this morning. God is coming to you. The Lord is making his entry into your situation. Isn't it interesting that he says, old daughter of Zion. He refers to the people in Jerusalem, the city, as the daughter Of Zion. It's a city. It's a corporate group of people. But isn't it interesting that God refers to his people collectively in a very enduring and a very intimate term. He says, collectively, you are my daughter. Can I help you here? As we send our praises up before God this morning, as we praise him, we're doing it corporately. We're lifting up our voice. Thousands of mouths are praising him and blessing him. But watch this. In his response to us, he is God enough. He is faithful enough. He is Lord enough that when He responds, He doesn't have to respond to us corporately he begins to respond to us individually while we lift up our praise corporately somebody over here is being healed of cancer while we lift up our praise corporately somebody over here is having their marriage brought together while we lift up our praise corporately he says i'm god enough i can get into your individual situation and whatever you need me to be i can be it for you because i love you and i care for you Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That's why check your section real quick. Look at somebody next to you and say, I need to make sure I'm sitting next to a praiser. Go ahead and tell them that. I need to make sure I'm sitting next to a praiser. Come on, say, I need to sit next to a praiser and not a corpse. I need to be sitting next to someone that came this morning to get your praise on. Because I've gone through too much on this week to come here and leave here the same way that I came. I need to be able to walk out of here with some joy in my spirit. I need to be able to walk out of here with some pep in my step. I need to be able to walk out of here knowing that there's nothing too difficult. Nothing too difficult for our God. I hope I'm sitting in the right section. Come on, ask somebody, am I in the right section? (laughs) Tell him I will pick up my stuff and move to the other side. Go ahead and tell him. If you don't want to praise him, I'll move to where the praises are. Are there any praises over here? Oh, y'all don't sound like it. Are there any
1: praises over here? How about over here, any praises in the house? Oh, but let's check out this side. What did y'all come to do? Come on, what
0: did y'all come to do? I believe we're in the right place. Well, let's not separate over it. Everybody give God praise. Lift up your voice and glorify.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I know some of you are looking at me this morning and you say, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh, he's so demonstrative. He's so demonstrative. You know, I've always heard that black people are so demonstrative when it comes to praising God. Can I help you? It has nothing to do with your ethnicity. It has nothing to do with the name of your church. But it has everything to do with Jesus Christ, hallelujah, who has come
1: to us. He's come to us. He's come to us. He's come to us.
0: He's come to me in my pain. He's come to me in my brokenness. He's come to me in my fear. Lift up your head, O ye gates. And the King of glory. The King of glory. He'll come in. He'll come in he'll make himself known to you bridgeway prepare a habitation where he can come and sit on your praise prepare an atmosphere that where any time someone walks through these doors are needing joy or needing hope they walk into a house that's not afraid To lift up the name of Jesus. Past our challenge. Past our concern. Don't play with it. If you're going to praise him, praise him. If you're going to clap, don't patty clap. Patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. If you're going to clap, clap. If you're going to shout, don't play with it. Shout. Lift your voice. Do you know? That when we praise God, it confuses the enemy. Y'all didn't hear what I'm telling you. See, it confuses the enemy. Because you do something that counters what the adversarial forces want you to do. The adversarial forces want you to get in a funk. Wants you to get depressed. Wants you to withdraw. But you counter that and you make up your mind. I will praise God. I will magnify Jesus because he is entering into every circumstance in my life. And I give him glory. And I give him praise. And again, I don't understand why people have trouble praising God out loud. I really don't. Because you take those same people that say, I just don't think it takes all the debt. Those same people, I don't think he takes all of that. Those same people, if you catch them over at Sleep Train Arena. <laughs> no, 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 same folks, if you catch them at the football game, they will holler and scream and get mad at you if you're not screaming with them. And you mean to tell me that when I reflect upon the fact that God has kept my mind, that God has put food on my table, that God has touched my children and my grandchildren. You mean to tell me that when I get here, I got to be cute and sadity? The devil is a lie. I came here to shake things up in this place. I came to add my praise. Lean on somebody and say, I wish I had time to tell you where the Lord has brought me from. I really do. I I wish I had time. I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. Today, today, today is my my 53rd birthday. Now I'm going to tell you, today is. Today is. And when I think about how Jesus came in to my own Jerusalem, how he came in, Not the way that my parents expected him to. After they had been told that they would not have any more children. My mother had lost two children prior to my birth. And they were told that you will not conceive any more children. Five years later, she got sick while she was sitting on the job. Went to Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama. And they checked her out and they said, you got a baby on the inside of you. I was born on March 29, 1962. I weighed, I came premature. I weighed two pounds and no ounces. Back then they said babies just don't live that long if they're born that small. I weighed two pounds. You could barely hold me in the palm of the doctor's hand. I stayed in the hospital with the doctors telling my parents, don't get your hopes up. This child will not live but he was talking to the wrong person. My God. He was talking to my mother who was full of faith and believed God. And she reached her hands into that incubator and she laid hands on me and she said, Lord, I ask you to heal my baby. And if you will raise him up, he will grow to be a man of God that will preach your word all of the days of his life. And he will tell the world what God can do. Oh, hallelujah. And my mother's in heaven now. It takes her to tell it. While she was sitting there, she had her hand in the incubator, and she didn't believe in giving God cute praise. If she was going to praise him, she was going to praise him with all of her heart. She's sitting there in the middle of PICU, laying her hands on me and saying, Hey, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Nurses running in. Are you all right? Are you all right? The more they checked on her, the more she hollered. Glory to God. God touched my body. He got me out of that hospital after three months. Then they said, don't get your hopes up. He'll still die before he's 15 years of age because his lungs are underdeveloped. He will not make it. At the age of seven, I stopped breathing completely, could not catch my breath. I passed out in my mother's arms, and once again she grabbed me into her arms, held me tight to her chest, and began to walk up and down the house while they were calling the hospital, and she's walking up carrying me in her arms, and she began to give God prays and say, Lord, I thank you that you gave me this child. I thank you that there's nothing too hard for you. I thank you that you're faithful at your word. I thank you despite what it looks like. God, you are able to touch this child and raise him up. And all of a sudden I coughed and caught my breath. And next thing I know, I told her, I want some chicken. You understand what I'm saying? My God. And I've been praising them ever since, never have had an attack again. God totally and completely healed me. But then I had to deal with educators and administrators telling my parents, he cannot uh, comprehend anything. His mind is underdeveloped. He's not sharp as the other kids. He's an underachiever. And it looked like all through elementary school and all through junior high school that what they were speaking over me was indeed the case. I was getting D's and F, but that same mother and father came over to me and they began to speak over me those things that weren't as though they were. They began to say, you are intelligent. You are sharp. God has his hand on you. You are a child of God. You are his son. God has special things planned for your life. And as they began to give God praise and they began to glorify God and speak that over me, can I tell you what has happened? Now that's been years ago. Now five degrees later. Come on, y'all. With a doctorate degree. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell me that God does not keep his promises. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you because I have a reason to give God praise today. You have a reason to give God praise today. Let me give you seven reasons. Seven. Seven. You want to write this down. Get your notepad. Get your notepad. I'm going to give you seven reasons. Seven reasons that you ought to praise God. Seven reasons. Don't miss it now. This will help you. This will change you for the rest of your life. We found out what it means to give him praise in Psalm 118. We had a clue in that passage. I want to give it to you again. I'm going to give it to you. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. Write it down. Here's the first one. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Write that down. That's a reason to give God praise. That's why I praise him. That's why you ought to praise him. Here's the second one. Write it down. Here's the second one. Write it down. Write it down. Here it is. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures. How long? How long? Forever. Make sure you write that down. Let me give you the third one. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. Write it down now. Here you go. You got to get this down. You got to get this down. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Here's a fourth one. I'm going to say it slow. This one is going to take a little bit longer for you to write down. So let me give it to you. Here's the fourth one. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Here's the fifth one. Here's the fifth one. For the Lord is good, and his mercy, his steadfast love, endures forever. Let me give you a sixth one. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever and don't miss this last and seventh one please make sure you get this down and you might even be able to chime in on it for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever you have a right and a reason to give God praise now open up your mouth put your hands together and give him glory in this house
1: Come on, let's stand to our feet and give them praise. Stand to your feet and clap those hands. All ye people, shout to God. Shout to God. Shout to God. Hallelujah. 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 Hosanna to the King. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to
0: God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me say something to you, and I mean this from the depths of my heart. I believe in this kind of atmosphere that there are miracles, signs, and wonders I believe that there's divine intervention in which God says, I will show myself mighty in every area of your life. Some of you need to hear me and hear me well. Do not discount God's ability to change your life and your circumstance. Do not allow yourself to write off the fact that he is still a miracle worker. Do not write off the fact that he still gives you joy. My God, we need a church that knows the joy of God so that you make what you say believable when you tell people he is the joy of your salvation, but you don't look like you've been baptized in pickle juice. (laughs) We need people. The world is looking for hope. It's looking for something other than darkness that has enveloped their lives. I realize when I come here, I about blow all y'all speakers up in here. I realize it, but I don't apologize for it because every time I raise my voice, it is reminding the enemy, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I no weapon formed against us will ever prosper if God be for us Who can be against us? So I didn't come here fancy and cute. I don't know how to be fancy and cute, although I am good looking. I don't know how to be fancy and cute. I came to speak into your lives and to encourage you, Bridgeway family. Give the people a reason to hope. When you come here, come purposely. Get out of the car, even before you get in the car to come here. Make up your mind. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I could have stayed home, but I'm so glad I'm in the house of prayer today. I'm so glad I'm around somebody that's standing behind me screaming and hollering and touching my back and telling me, go ahead, give God praise. He, he's wearing, praise him, girl. You better praise him. I'm glad I've got some praises around me. Because it's helping me to come out of my fear. It's helping me to come out of my doubt. and believe God for everything and anything. So I speak over this place in the name of Jesus to every family, every marriage that is hurting and struggling. We're getting ready to throw some praise around you. We're getting ready to praise God past everything that the enemy has screamed into your ear. To make you believe that your family will not be together this time next year, we counter that with a praise that's getting ready to come your direction. To the woman that's in this place that has had a poor doctor's prognosis that has told you that there's little that they can do, we're getting ready to release a praise in this place that will come and speak louder than the words of the best surgeon and the best physician, because we serve the great physician. Hallelujah. We. of Jesus who is still our healer today to the person that's sitting here and you almost gave up on yourself. You almost said, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're getting ready through our praise to help direct you into the very flow of the Holy Spirit where God will speak to you and give you counsel and give you wisdom to the business person that's in this room where you're struggling in your business. The praise that we're about to release in this place is about to turn some things in your favor. Hallelujah. Some things are getting ready to show There will be people that will come before you and you will sit in meetings even on this week. And it will come to pass as you sit in those meetings that God will give you revelation. He will give you wisdom and give you knowledge. And He's going to bring some things together for you even on this week. I speak over this church that God has His hand upon you. There's a reason that Bridgeway Christian Church exists. And the enemy cannot touch anything in this ministry. He can't touch his leadership. He cannot touch the people, God has his hand upon you because he has called you for such a time as this. So on account of three I want you to release your praise open your mouth wide and declare glory in this house and let's watch God do what he said he would do. One, two, three go!
1: <laughs> praise him! Praise him! Praise him children! Praise him, children. Praise him, children. Praise him, children. Come on, don't stop. Open those mouths. Open those mouths. Woo! Come on, children. Let everything that have breath praise him. Bless his name. Bless his name.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me stop. Woo. Because y'all going to mess me up. And I'm going to do like I do back home. This kind of atmosphere, I start running. You understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. You let God be praise in you. You are praisers. Don't let anything stop you. From giving God praise. He may not be coming in on a steed. Maybe all you see in your life is a donkey, but your king has come. Your king has come. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you and I bless you. I've done exactly what you've told me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us just the way that we are, but loving us too much to leave us as we are. Thank you for changing us. Thank you for releasing our praise. We'll never be the same. We'll praise you in this house. We'll praise you in the car. We'll praise you in our house. We'll praise you on our job if we have to sneak in a broom closet. (laughs) We're going to give you praise because you've been too good to us. I just can't tell it all. I refuse to shut my mouth. I will tell the world there's no God like our God. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 God bless you, babies. We love you. Go in
1: peace. Serve God. Thanks for coming.